step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hindsight Radio. I represent it. The information station changing the nation.
Stay right there. You're listening to Hindsight Radio. Hey, welcome to the Raising Independent Thinker show. This show is a space for families who are homeschooling or thinking about homeschooling. We explore alternative teaching methods, federal and state homeschooling laws, and most importantly, this show is a platform where families can inspire one another on how to raise independent thinkers. I'm your host, Beth Sheba Omani. I'm a Montessori educator, homeschooling consultant, owner of Homeschool Guide, LLC, and mother of two. So let's get started. Okay, I hope everybody's week is going well out there. Um, I see Heather is on and Michelle Bay is on. Um, My week has been pretty busy but it ended with a nice little getaway that Akeem put together. Um, Akeem and I decided to get out of the house and just stay at a hotel and explore the city of Charlotte a little bit. Uh, We found some really good restaurants and one was called a Japanese barbecue restaurant. And neither one of us had ever tasted Japanese barbecue. And that one was really nice. Um, it was nicely decorated, very family oriented. And um, there was a grill in the middle of the table where the server cooked the food. And the menu was full of like all parts of the meat. And they cut it into pieces before we put it on our plates. And the food was just really good. So if you ever come to Charlotte, you know, try this place. It's called, I actually wrote it down. It's called G.U. Kaku Japanese Barbecue, downtown Charlotte. So today I wanted to talk a little bit about a term that is heard in relationship to Montessori education. And that's called the sensitive periods. And just to take it back a little bit, you know, who is Maria Montessori and what is her method all about? So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. So Dr. Maria Montessori was the first female physician in Italy at the beginning of the 20th century. And she provided education to low-income children in Rome. And instead of her using traditional teaching methods, she began using her own studies, scientific observations, and theories with the children. And her teachings were, were very unique because it focused on educating each child based on their developmental stage. And her method also is considered a holistic approach because it focuses on the whole person. So their physical, their social, their emotional, and their cognitive growth were all equally important to her. And some of the key concepts to understand when you're, um, when you're learning about Montessori education is the prepared environment, which is carefully designed and prepared by the teacher or the guide with materials 
that meets specific needs and interests of a specific age group. And within the environment, there's a freedom of movement, order, structure, social and intellectual learning. And there are five areas of the Montessori curriculum, which is practical life, sensorial, language, math, and cultural studies. And I'm just going to focus today on the young child, um, ages zero to six. So Montessori, you know, is so much more than that, what I just explained. I just gave you a small idea of what it is about. And I always tell people to do your own research. Um, Find a local Montessori school that's accredited through MACD, because there are some schools out there that say they're Montessori, but they don't really follow um, certain the principles. So make sure you find one that's accredited um, through MACD, which stands for Montessori Accreditation Council for Teacher Education. And there are different affiliations when you go uh, through MACD, and that's AMI, AMS, IMC, and there's some other ones. Those are just the three that I'm most familiar with. So when I first came into Montessori, um, like many of you, I knew nothing about it. I was looking for childcare for my child at the time. I had my son at the time. And while looking for a job, I found a small school on the Upper East Side of Manhattan because at the time I was living in the Bronx. And I looked through the yellow pages, if you all remember that, and It just so happened to be a Montessori school that I found. And I remember going in for the job and the director wanted me to observe and visit for for a week. And she said she would pay me for that week. And afterwards, she would talk and see if I wanted the job. So that was different right there. I was just, you know, I've never interviewed in that way. It really wasn't an interview. It was more of a conversation. But I observed and watched how the children were directing and guiding themselves. They were very independent. They would get their own work, which was laid on shelves around the room. They would find their own tables to sit. They would complete their work. They would put it away. Um, There was individualized lessons done. There was group lessons done. And... There was so much order and peace in the environment that I was just so amazed. Um, I will never forget that first week because it made me realize how much a young child could do for themselves if they were just given the opportunities. So after the week was over, I told the director, you know, what I observed. And of course, I said I would love to take the job. And that was over 20 years ago. So that's that's how it all started for me. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the sensitive periods um, that Montessori term. So the sensitive period is used to define a particular phase in development in which a child will be more open, interested, motivated and capable of learning particular concepts or developing particular skills. Uh, Montessori describes sensitive periods as a burning intellectual love, an animated psychic factor leading to an immense mental activity 
and a drama of love between the child and its environment. So sensitive periods um, are basically a specific period of time when a child is drawn to a particular activity. And the sensitive periods create irresistible urges for learning, motivated by these inner forces the child will do repetitively and without fatigue. So you may see your child at home, you know, constantly climbing, for example. You might notice them looking for ways to climb. They might be climbing the stairs over and over again, or they might be climbing the sofa, the chair. They might try to climb on the tables. And they do this repeatedly over and over again. So we say that this child is in the sensitive period of movement, specifically climbing. Now, there's all different types of, um, um, you know, periods where the child is moving. They're climbing, they're walking, they're jumping, they're running. So those are all different sensitive periods. So there are eight periods that we're going to look at. And understanding the sensitive periods of each development mental stage is critical in meeting the individual needs of the children. This understanding enables parents to take advantage of these very special teachable moments. And a missed sensitive period is a missed opportunity to support the child's full potential. Okay, so we, when we observe children, we want to make sure that, um, you know, we find that, that period and then we find opportunities and supports so that they can, we can support them along with that period. Okay, so the eight periods are order, movement, exploration, and refinement of the senses, small details and tiny objects, meaningful activity, language development, music, and grace and manners, or grace and courtesy. And as, as we talk about these things, or as I talk about these things, I want you to think about ways that you can provide support to your children at home, okay? So as I go through each one of them, just think about ways that you can support your children. So the first one is called order. And order, um, hold on one minute. Order, children crave order. They crave routine, they crave repetition especially um, between the ages of zero to six, okay? And when we think about order at home, we want to think about having consistent routines at home. Um, we want to think about making sure everything has a place. So a place for the laundry. You know, we have a place where we put our shoes. We have a place where we hang our jackets. And you want to make sure that it's a way that the child can do it themselves. Okay, so order is number one. The second one is movement. So from birth to one and a half years old, 
um, children, they need to move their bodies. <laughs> you know, they're grasping, they're rolling over, they're crawling, they're standing, they're walking, they're jumping, they're skipping. Um, and this sensitive period continues until about age four. So when you think about movement, you want to think about setting up your home where there's a space for your child to be able to move freely and safely and pos and you know possibly providing activities where they can jump, push, kick outdoors as well as indoors. And most people think, you know, some of these things only can be done outdoors. But there are ways that we can provide opportunities for the children to do that inside. So when I was a teacher, I used to have, you know, for those children that, that like to throw things, <laughs> I used to have a beanbag toss where they would just toss beanbags into a, into a basket or into a bowl. And I would have a jumping square where I would just put a piece of like a, a piece of tape as a square on the floor. And if they were jumping all around the room, I would tell them, this is your jumping square. This is where you can jump. So making sure you set up your, your home, um, where the children can move because they need to be able to move. Okay. The third one is exploring and refining of the senses. So ages two to about three and a half, um, the child is spontaneously drawn to and fascinated by sound, color, shape, and textures. Um, they might be sensitive to smells, and they might have a you know different reactions to taste. So, when we think about exploring the senses, you know you you want your children to be able to taste different things. So. For me as a teacher, I'm going to go back to, you know, being a teacher. Um, I used to have all types of food tasting activities for the children. But even at home, my children enjoy learn, enjoy eating all different types of food. You know, they were never really picky eaters because at a young age, I had them tasting different types of food. Um, when... The, another thing when you want to think about refining the senses, musical instruments you can have at home. Um, I know Akeem is teaching his grandson how to play the guitar. And I know that that's something that he, he probably enjoys. I haven't seen them together play, but that's it. That's a wonderful thing to you know, do for a child, just have them play an instrument. So those are just a few, a few ways of exploring the senses. Um, for young children, they love touching different textures. So even having like different type of textured rugs or different textured blankets, young children enjoy um, different textures. And just pointing out different textures, having them feel, you know, things that are rough or things that are smooth and actually naming those things. Okay. Um, 
see. I think I'm on number five. And let me just go to the chat real quick. Let's see who's here. Okay, peace, prosperity to all of you. Um, happy Sunday, Corinne. And Heather said, I'm so excited to be homeschooling my son. Congratulations, Heather. Um, and you said, my son knew more at three than I knew at five. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, these children are so smart. Um, Lakeisha, peace, abundance, and love. Oh, Heather, your son is learning the drums. You know, I wanted my son to to learn the drums and I never um I never got a chance to to get him to to learn how to play the drums but that's great. Okay. All right. Okay, so so we're on number 5 and number 5 is meaningful activity. So meaningful activity ages 2 and a half to 5. The child prefers real work that is worthwhile over made up work. So if you notice, sometimes you'll buy your, your child all these toys in the store, plastic toys, teddy bears, things like that. The children only want to play with them for a few seconds because they want they prefer real things. They want, you know, they want to do what they see really adults do. <laughs> You know, you might see your child wanting to help you clean up. You know, they might want to sweep or wipe off the table or set the table or, you know, that's real things that they need to learn. And that's what they want to do. So meaningful activity. So some example, some other examples would be maybe having your child water the plants um, giving them the opportunity to undress and dress themselves instead of you doing it for them. Um, giving them the opportunity to prepare, you know, the meals, allow them to help you cook or allow them to help you pour things in or stir. Um, letting them help you set the table you know, having them clean the environment, they can help wipe the table, they can help sweep. You know, there's so many different opportunities for meaningful activity that we can provide instead of some of these toys out here that really um, they're just playing with for a few seconds and then it's, it's, it's over with. <laughs> okay, so for the next one, number six is language. And language development um, is one of the longer sensitive periods, and it begins in the early months of the first year and continues until the child is almost six. And this sensitive period encompasses several areas of language development. Um, so, you know, when we are supporting our children with language, we, with young children, we want to talk using simple words, clear pronunciation of our words, speaking slowly. You know, there's one, one of the misconceptions about teaching language is in order to teach language, we must use a lot of words, explaining everything we do. So saying, 
okay, now, now watch me, watch how I put this puzzle together and watch how I put it back, watch how I clean up. And there's no need to really explain so much to a young child because they're learning just by watching us and by absorbing what we're doing. And Montessori actually said that the child has a mind that absorbs knowledge and instructs himself. Um, learning the language just through absorbing it from the environment. Okay. And learning, um, having your child learn multiple languages is best between the ages of zero to three, because that's when they are absorbing. Um, that's when they are absorbing the best is between zero to three. Okay, so for number seven is music. And um, the child between two and six who is exposed to music has opportunities to both listen and explore, will develop um, an ear for pitch, rhythm, and melody. Um, I loved exposing my children to different types of music at home as well as at school. Um, I always like to use music throughout our work periods um, while they're working and exploring. And I I also listen to, well, I listen to jazz music with my children. I, I played classical music um, while they were working and instrumental music. And I also... Um, played music for movement and dance. And if you like if you play an instrument like that I talked about before, that's always welcoming with children. Um, I even have an activity where I show them instrument picture cards and then I'll play the sounds of each instrument. So they're learning the name of the instrument and they're able to hear the sound of the instrument. Okay, so for the last one, this one is called grace and manners, which is something we don't really think about um, teaching our children except for just telling them to say please and thank you. So grace and manners, two and a half to six, the child shows concern and is interested in the rights of others. If exposed to polite and considerate behavior, the child will readily imitate and internalize it within her personality. So modeling grace and courtesy is always important. Um, making sure that you're respecting your child, you know, using a calm voice, getting down to their level, saying please and thank you. And there's no real need to force a child to say please and thank you. If you're modeling the behavior at a very young age, then the child will absorb that behavior and they'll eventually imitate it. Also, it's important how we're treating other adults in our environment, in front of our children. So how we're treating our partners. Um, do we say please and thank you to them around our children? You know, are we... Do we talk kindly to them around our children or are we yelling across the room or, you know, cursing or whatever? <laughs> okay. Um, so Montessori also said that 
once the sensitive period has been acquired, this special sensitivity disappears. So once the child has mastered a skill, then they're usually ready to learn a new skill. And and this is why it's so important to observe and understand what sensitive period your child is in so that we can provide those supports. Okay, so I'm going to end on that note. Um, I I figured this would be a a short show um, because me and Akeem are still kind of on our little mini vacation. (laughs) Um, But I did want to let you know that we have several shows on the platform. The Truth Tuesday show with Akeem L at 7 p.m. We have Solomon Temple show on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. The Divine Connection show on Thursday with Tasia and Jessica at 7 p.m. And of course, my show, Raising an Independent Thinker, every Sunday evening at 7 p.m. And I'd like to end with the inspirational thought, um, which I, I actually get them daily on my phone. But this one says, accept who you are in this moment fully, but acknowledge who you want to become. Okay, you all have a wonderful week. Stay blessed. Please forgive me for not having more content. I promise I'll have more another time. But I hope to um I hope that you all will join me next week. Okay. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.